This is episode 33 of Essential Oils by Design. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Essential Oils by Design the podcast about essential oils and human design and how they work so beautifully together. We're your hosts, Nani Chasiri and Roz Isbell, and there are three things we're both passionate about, essential oils, human design, and making the world a better place by helping people get both of them in their lives. Hi, Roz. Hi, Nani. So today we're going to talk about the challenges and also the gifts of how the human design types interact with each other or the interactions that they have. We find that this is very important, especially for families where there's more than one type living in a household, but it could be about relationships. It could be about business relationships or coworkers. It could be about any interaction that you have with other human design types. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I know that a lot of people say, in fact, most people say once they understand human design, that the greatest gift that it gives them is their ability to understand others, their ability to really embrace the fact that people are who they are and it's not personal. But along with that goes some, if uh, maybe they're rules, you know, maybe just some things to know, some rules to bear in mind on how the types weave into one another's energies and what might come up for you, things to look out for, things to see in other people, you know, behaviours, ways of communicating that you might wonder about, but once you understand that person's design, it makes so much sense and it makes it so much easier to not get hung up on it. And we also really want to highlight the gifts because there are many ways that human design types can help each other, lift each other up. My favorite example is Roz has called this the rentagen. So for all the non-sacral types, the projector, reflector, and manifester who don't have the sustainable sacral energy, you can rent a generator or a manifesting generator and they'll boost your sacral energy while you're around them. And maybe you can get a project done that you're having a hard time doing yourself. And then, of course, rest after that because you're probably going to be tired because you're going to push yourself. But you can boost and burst and then you take some time to retreat after that. Yeah, really make the most of your design in a sustainable way that doesn't cause burnout, that is going to allow you to get the job done in the healthiest possible way. So how about we start out with the manifester and talk about how a manifester's energy might interact with other people's energy. So Nani, the manifester's aura. I see the manifester as having a big aura and sometimes it's called repelling, but it's really like pushing through the energy. As a manifester walks in a room, it's almost like They've like flung the door open and you just know that they're there. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, Nani. The manifestor's energy, you know it's there, don't you? You really do feel it. And I think when you discover that one of your kids is a manifestor or 
you know, someone that you care about very deeply, a friend, a parent, when you discover that they're a manifester, you go, ah, now I know what they're talking about because it is a very distinctive type of energy. So what is important to understand about manifestors to get the best out of a manifester to get them to relate to you in the best, easiest, most graceful way is don't ask them yes, no questions because they don't have a sacral. So they really struggle with yes, no questions. They struggle, to be honest, with questions full stop. So the best thing to say to a manifester is a statement. Make a statement at them that sort of sounds like a question, but it's not. So you might say something like, I'm wondering how you feel about having steak for dinner tonight. I'm wondering if you're feeling okay about what we just did. If you say things like that, you're not asking a question. You're just making a statement and you're giving the manifesto the opportunity to, in this case, go up into their head and kind of mull over what's, what's just been said at them or said to them. And then they can, you know, with their body, come up with a reaction to it. You can say things like, I would love to know how you feel. You can say things like, it would be helpful if you could tell me what was going on for you at the moment. I imagine that that really made you feel scared. Manifestors don't get scared very often. That's a really bad example, but (laughs) that's the sort of thing that you can say to them. I feel like that would have been hard for you. These are all statements that will allow you to get an answer from them. What do you think, Nani? Yeah, it's all about informing with the manifestors as well, especially if your manifestor is your child, making sure to tell them beforehand what's coming up. So imagine you're going into a kid's birthday party or something like that, and you're taking a manifestor in there. And they kind of, I mean, manifestors want to do their own thing. They're driven by inner desire or whatever is driving them inside themselves. And that can even be at something as simple as a birthday party. And so they're just doing what they want. But of course, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to like follow every social thing that our society tells you to do. But at a birthday party, there's usually a sequence of events of things that happen and kind of just like laying that out for them so that they know that they're not supposed to be like running off to do something on their own when it's time to blow out the candles. And actually, I would say, if you're a parent of that manifester, it might be okay if they run off and do something by themselves, if you're accepting of them as a manifester, because that might just be what they do. So you can kind of mitigate it by informing them ahead of time, if you feel like you want them to know what's going on more, or you just are okay with how they are as a manifester and don't worry what other people at that birthday party this is just an example but like don't worry what other people might be saying like oh bring him or her over here to blow out the candles be like nope they're just doing their thing so anyways i've seen this in real life and it can be interesting to watch as a parent (laughs) yeah it can be interesting to watch 
if you don't know what's going on. Yeah. This is, you know, the gift of human design. And you know what? After you've known human design for a little while and you've done enough charts of your friends and your family and your people that you know, you start to work out who's who and you start to see particular behavioral traits in people and you go, oh, I think they might be a manifester or I think they might be a projector or there's definitely a 3420 manifesting generator there. Those sorts of things you can work out. And definitely you'll see the manifester kids at the party. You'll know the manifested children. And if you're interested in this topic about kids, we did a four-part series. It was early on. We did a series on kids. So you might want to go back and have a look at that. Particularly the first episode was all about the types. And we talked about strategies for dealing with each of the human design types when they're kids and when they're your kids in particular. So you can definitely tell that. And as Nani said, informing them as well as teaching them to inform. So making sure that you tell them what's on the agenda when they're manifestors is super important because it prepares them. But also, as you know, the manifestors only real strategy is to inform people. And so having them learn from an early age, having any manifesto learn from an early age to ask permission is a great idea because when a kid knows that they have to ask for permission for everything, that is a type of informing. And as they become an adult, they start to tell people what they're doing. And you'll know if a manifesto is doing well, that they'll be the ones that are telling you what is going on. If, and this advice also goes for the manifesting generators. If you have a manifesto or a manifesting generator in your life and they're doing things and not telling you what they're doing, if you can pull them aside and say, I'd really love it if you could tell me what's going on, what you're about to do. I'm not getting in your way. I just need to know. That can be a really helpful piece of advice. I know from my own experience, when I inform and when I am informed, particularly by other manifesting generators or manifestors, it makes all the difference. Yeah. So the gift in the manifestor for all the other types is what they're doing with this inner drive. It's like probably only 50% of the people are going to follow them. That's why I think the energy can sometimes feel repelling as it's pushing through because not everyone is supposed to be following what that person is doing. And you can see this in little kids, like they're the ones exploring stuff and it's probably pushing some other people outside of their comfort zone to try something that the manifestor is doing when they want to get on the train that that manifestor is driving. So let's put this all down and say manifestors and generators Manifestors can get energy from generators. Generators can do the work for manifestors. And that's not to say that the manifestor becomes the generator's boss. It just means that the generator has the physical life force, workforce energy to actually get the things done that the manifestor has decided to do. They can make great partnerships. Yeah, just wanted to add that manifestors they might be seen as someone who doesn't finish things, but that's actually what they're supposed to do. And I can see this as a challenge or a pain that they might have or that other people might like put onto them, but it's really not if they're doing it in a way that they're supposed to and that they're supposed to initiate and someone else like the generators and manifesting generators are continuing the work. 
Exactly, yeah. They can be really fantastic partnerships and worked with properly, they can be really satisfying and everyone feels good about themselves. So the manifestors and that, that was really the generators and the manifesting generators. Just important that particularly with the manifesting generator and the manifester that everyone's telling everybody what everyone's doing. Super important. That whole informing piece is really important. Then the manifestors and the projectors. So really you've got two non-sacral types here. You've got the projectors on the one hand who are the wise ones, who've got the innate wisdom about what needs to happen. And you've got the manifestors who have got the ideas and have got the ability to make things happen. So they can make really good partnerships as well. The manifestor tends to go very, very fast and the projectors can go slowly. And, you know, it depends on how they're designed, of course, but projectors are more likely to be going at a slower pace than a manifestor is, even though neither of them have sacral energy. So it's just important that each understand the other. I would say to the manifestor, the difference between the manifestor and projector I mean, I guess it's manifestor and other types as well, but the manifestor can be heard. They have a connection to a motor to their throat. So if a manifestor and projector were together, there are ways that the manifestor could help the projector. They could invite them, even invite them to talk, or if they're talking to other people, be the one, invite them to talk to the group because that helps activate their throat. And once again, super important, manifestor, please inform your projector of what you're about to do. And, you know, we've said this before, but the energies work both ways. So projectors, when you've been invited by a manifester into a relationship, whether it be a working relationship or a relationship relationship, whatever it happens to be, friendship, whatever it happens to be, projector inform the manifester as well because the manifester does really well when they're informed about of what is going on. And then, you've, of course, you've got the manifester and the reflector. And that would be a really interesting relationship to see because you've got the go-fast manifester initiating things and you've got the reflector who requires the 29 days to make a decision to get things done. So, Nani, what do you think about the manifester and the reflector? Well, I would just say that if something's going on for the reflector, it's very possible that it's actually happening for the manifester as well. I mean, this would be any relationship with the reflector, but you might think it's the reflector's thing, but they're actually just reflecting what's going on around them. So look at everybody around them. So Nani, what about some essential oils for manifestors and people relating to manifestors and people relating to manifestors? I would say that a manifestor who is feeling worthy and knowing that what they're being guided by by themselves, I don't know, I think they'll be like the sparkly manifester because they're not worrying about people that they don't need to worry about because the right people are going to follow them. So I'd say that just like having a really strong inner knowing of your truth is helpful. And the oil that I'd pick for that would be bergamot because that's the oil for self-worth and self-acceptance. Yeah. And I really like lavender for the obvious reason of communication, but I also like lavender for manifestors because it is a bit of a calming oil. Because you know, these essential oils work the way they're supposed 
they work where they're needed. Okay, so we don't want to take that edge off the manifester that makes them who they are because that's trying to condition them, okay, that if we try and slow a manifester down or make a manifester less manifestory, that's such a word, then we're conditioning them. And we don't want to do that. We want to make them the best possible person they are. As Nani said, make them sparkly, you know, the sparkly manifesto that they are. But the lavender will go where it's needed and it will help to sort of, I don't even want to say soften the edges, but make the edges the way that they are most capable of being accepted. I just, I hope that makes sense. It makes perfect sense to me. But I can see the beauty in lavender helping a manifester to be the most accepted, most heard, most capable, effective person they could possibly be. And also able to inform in a way that other people are able to hear clearly. Now we're going to talk a little more about projector with some of the other types. So the projector is the wise guru you know, sitting on the purple pillow and it's because they know others and they know what's going on around them. They can kind of like see the big picture and just intuit what needs to be known or what needs to happen. But I guess projectors, they need to do things in small bites so that it doesn't really slow them down, but they actually need to rest a lot because they're taking in all this energy and trying to digest it in different ways and taking in information. And so Well, for one thing, if a projector is around, I guess it could be any other type, if they have not been asked for their opinion, they can be seen as like criticizing or it's not really bossy energy. It's more just like unasked for advice. (laughs) So I think that one can be interesting, whether you are the projector or you're in relation with a projector in some way. But Once you know that someone is a projector, you can get such great insight from them if you ask them for what they know. And this includes little kids. You should see the way little kids beam when they're projectors and they're asked for their opinion on something. Mm. They're just like super excited to, to share what they know. That is the gift you can give them, hey? Yeah. And they can also rent a gen if they need some help. with some <laughs> some work around their house or some yard work. I mean, if you're in a business as well, these these things work for that too. So actually projectors do very well being in partnership with other energies to yeah. do to yeah. get through a business. And, and you know, I think it's also really important to understand that if you are in a relationship with a projector, you know, I'm talking here more personal relationships, but it works you know, in business and friendships as well. The projector can't do what a sacral type can do, can't do what a generator or a manifesting generator can do. They're not designed to get out there and mow the lawns on a Saturday afternoon or go for a run with you or that sort of thing. Look, some of them can do it. Some of them can do it for a certain amount of their life and then they can't do it after a certain age. Some of them just can't do it at all. And I think this is really important for spouses to understand of their spouse, if they're a non-sacral type, particularly if they're a projector, that they're not going to have a lot of energy to do those things. It's also super important to understand that about your kids 
So if you have projector kids, they don't have the energy to go out and help you in the garden all afternoon. Yeah, they can work off your sacral energy for an hour or two and then then it'll just get too much and they'll have to go. And you know, you, you, there is a fairly good argument for asking whether or not it's even correct to ask them to help you in the first place. Sure, we want to teach them that these things happen, but you really want to be very careful how you go about getting your projector kids to help you with physical things. And it might be better to get them to help you with things that are non-physical or that don't require a lot of exertion to get done. You know, maybe there's, I don't know, shopping lists to maintain or I don't know, Nani, can you think of anything off the top of your head that a projector kit child would be good at? You know, cataloging their book library because projector kids often love reading. Things like just keeping things organized all the time, keeping on top of things rather than having to do a big cleanup. Teaching them how to be organized from the get-go can actually be really helpful too, I think. As a parent too, it could be a spouse because it could be, I mean, a partner it could be in business, but like I was telling or talking about before, the manifestors can support the projectors by helping them get invited or inviting them. And I'm not saying you have to invite them to every party or things like that, but sometimes even a parent might have to somehow set up the invitation for a kid to get a job. I see this with projector adults. I guess I'm thinking the key to it is to maintain relationships because I think that you'll get these invitations through people that you know. So there's a relationship thing with projectors and just making sure that you're doing fun things and learning about new fun things when you're in between the invitations, because that's going to be a super big key to you. If you're the projector, it's the key to people wanting to be around you because your energy will either be like repelling, this is actually repelling in a different way, like a maybe a bitter, resentful energy versus there's no reason you can't be super happy in between invitations, exploring, just like discovering new things, being curious, having fun, resting, but also doing, it's not like you can't do anything, just making sure that you take care of yourself because of course you have a gift here to help guide a big percentage of the world and to doing what's best for themselves and for the world. Absolutely. If you know a projector and you want to help them, you want to invite them, literally invite them, you can say, you know, I'm inviting you to come with me, or you can say, I would love to know what you're thinking. That's an invitation. I'm interested in what you have to say about this. I would like you to work with me on this project. I can see that you're really wise and clever and I'm wondering if you would share it with me. Those sorts of things are quite literal invitations that when you're a generator type, can sort of sound a little bit too obvious. When you're a projector, it sounds wonderful. Like Nani was saying, you know, watching a projector responding to an invitation is really cool. So make sure that you do take the time to give invitations in any way that sounds right or feels right to you so that the projector knows they've been invited. 
I just want to say one last thing about projectors that I have noticed from talking to adult projectors. It would be good to know as a kid as well, but projectors probably have a smaller group of friends or just colleagues, tribe if you want to call it that, because they're meant to be around people that truly value what they have to offer and they're like helping guide. But I think that if you were a projector and you didn't think about this, you might look around and wonder why all these people, you know, like, or maybe feel pressure to have a lot of friends or have a lot of acquaintances or, you know, be out there mingling with all these people or on social media talking to all these people, but truly that's not what you're meant to do. So you can take some pressure off for yourself. And I guess in connection with other people, it's about finding people that feel good to be around because that's really important. Yeah, it's super important for projectors to understand and for the rest of us to continually remind them that they're not for everybody. They are for who they are for and those people that they are for will be the ones that give them the invitations, will be the ones that recognise them, recognise them for their amazing talents, skills, knowledge, wisdom, all of those sorts of things. We recognise our projectors and the projectors who are not for us, we kind of don't see them. And if you can be at peace with that as a projector. If you can continually remind your projectors that they are not for everyone, not to get concerned about the fact that not everybody is hearing their message, not to feel bitter because they're being ignored by certain people and just remind them that, well, they're not for you. They're obviously not for you. If they were for you, they would recognize you. Don't waste your time and precious energy trying to get people to hear you who never were meant to hear you. I think that's really good advice for everyone, not just for the projectors, for parents of projectors, for friends of projectors, for lovers of projectors. Just make sure that your projector knows not to waste their energy trying to be recognized by people who aren't for them. So Roz, what oil would you suggest for projectors interacting with other people? How about this for one out of left field? And I think this is a really nice, gentle oil as well. It's not a a heavy hitter, but it's just a nice one to make you feel like you're sort of wrapped up in a big, cozy blanket, cuddling your teddy. I'm not even sure if that's what a projector wants to feel, but this is what's coming to me now. The the suspense is killing, isn't it? Cedarwood, because it's the oil of community and it's the oil, once again, like I was saying with the lavender, it only works the way that it's supposed to work. It's not going to drag people into your community who were not supposed to be dragged into your community. Don't think that for a second. It won't do that because these beautiful essential oils are natural and your body recognizes them and your body is able to use them for you gaining your highest potential. And I think cedarwood is just one of those oils that allows you to be at peace with who you are so that other people who are meant to recognize you, see you in your grace, in your highest expression, hopefully living your bliss because this is also something we haven't really talked about much, but go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes on the types. 
projectors are meant to be living a blissful life. They're meant to be doing what lights them up at all times because when they do that, those people who are for them will recognize them. So that's my thoughts. What about you, Nani? Have you got any ideas? Yeah, I would pick lemon essential oil because you're picking up other people's energy. So every interaction you have, you're knowing people and kind of feeling their energy. So the lemon is kind of like a detoxifying essential oil that can help you let go of that. And it's also a mood boosting oil. So it can help you be in your flow in between invitations. Nice. So I, well, I will say that a projector with a reflector might actually feel pretty calm together as long as the projector was calm, <laughs> but there's no pressure from a reflector on doing more or different things like that, that a generator might feel to a projector. So I think that's what I'm thinking is that a projector and a reflector would probably pace together pretty well. Yeah. But, nice. they, but they might need sacral energy sometimes to be around. And please don't forget with your reflectors, make sure that you allow them that full cycle, the full cycle of the moon, the 28, 29 day cycle to make a decision because they need it. If you try and force them into making a decision inside of that month, it will very likely be the wrong decision for them and for you. You won't be doing yourself any favors if you force them into making a decision. So just be very wary of that with your reflector friends. You know, they're incredibly valuable people who we need to keep well, we need to keep healthy, we need to keep happy. And the way we do that is by being healthy, well, and happy ourselves because they are merely, not merely, they are a reflection of us. You know what I think the nicest thing as a generator type to find out is that somebody is a reflector. I just, I love it. I love finding out that a, a friend that I've had for years when I do their chart, oh my gosh, you're a reflector. You know, it's, it's such a, an amazing thing. And you know, basically everything falls into place when you hear that because yeah, of course they're a reflector. That's the way they've always behaved. They can't help. They can't not behave like a reflector. So do some charts, do some family charts. Look at the people with the glowing faces. Yeah. <laughs> they're often the reflectors. Nani, we need to talk quickly about generators and manifesting generators. We have mentioned them all the way through this podcast, so we won't talk very long on generators and manifesting generators. But what do you reckon about the gifts and the challenges of interacting? It's funny, me and Roz are, I'm a generator and Roz is a manifesting generator. So we might even be able to talk about some of our own experiences, but I actually am around a lot of manifesting generators and I grew up with a lot of manifesting generators. So the biggest difference to me, even though we're both generators, is just the speed that manifesting generators can go at and how many things that they can do at one time. And I think I always felt like I was supposed to keep up with that, but I'm actually maybe more slow like <laughs> the other non-sacral types, but not really because I know that I do, people do think that I do a lot, but I don't feel like I process as, as quickly. I just I'm on that slow, steady climb up the mountain. And I would say in my network marketing business, this is my biggest example for me. That's also where I can see it when there's people like I, I have to grow at my own pace. It might be that I'm like meeting with people one-on-one -on -one and 
building more slowly, building my business, where there's people around me that can do like massive amounts of activity at one time. And not to say that they might not have skipped some steps and have to go back and fix something. So I think to me, a lot of it is the the pace is a little bit different and just the way that you learn. Manifesting generators have that manifester piece, which is about exploring and trying things on. And that's also a little bit different than the generators. And so I'd say when we're together, I can rent a manifesting generator and sometimes get more, even more energy or try out new things that I wouldn't have tried out by myself. But I also can sometimes feel stressed because I'm not moving as fast, but I'm learning to like not worry about the judgment about that and just going at my own pace. Yeah. I think a really big thing, and this has come up for me a lot lately, and I am a manifesting generator, obviously, but I notice so often how known manifesting generators, people that I know are manifesting generators, uh, maybe high profile entrepreneurs are telling others how to get things done, you know, how hard you have to work to get things done, how, you know, how it's, it is about the slog, you know, and there's, there's a lot of sort of law of attraction stuff that says that you don't have to work hard. And then there's the other side that says that you do have to work hard. And then you see people working hard and there's this comparison situation that sets in where you think, but I can't do all of that, that that person's doing. I can't do it. I, you know, it's wearing me out or you try and do it and you do burn out. And I think it's really important to understand. And we haven't said this yet in this podcast, Nani, but if you act according to your designs strategy, if you do what you are designed to do as a projector or as a manifester or as a generator or reflector or indeed a manifesting generator, then you'll be able to achieve a huge amount. Mm -hmm. It's when you start trying to be who you are not, start trying to behave like a manifesting generator when you're not a manifesting generator, start trying to do things that you are not designed to do that you run into trouble. So always, always, always bear that in mind. And, you know, I, as a manifesting generator, I was having this conversation with my daughter last night about, oh my gosh, you know, we're talking about making mistakes. I said, I have made so many mistakes in my life. I, I am a master of fixing mistakes because that is what I do. I fix my mistakes. <laughs> I probably make a whole lot less now than I used to. And part of that is, you know, part of that comes with age. A lot of it comes with the understanding that I am a manifesting generator and knowing how I'm designed to operate. But you know what? I'll never stop making mistakes. And yes, we all make mistakes, but trust me, manifesting generators make their share of the mistakes. And you know, if you happen to have a child who's a manifesting generator, or indeed a manifester, and they do do something, or a third line, by the way, we're not getting into the profiles today, we're talking about types, but you know, some people are designed to make mistakes. The best question you can say to them, rather than telling them off, or rather than saying, I told you so, is, well, what did you learn from that? What gift came from doing that? And that's the best thing you can do. Okay. And I know we've talked on the other end about these types interacting with some of the other 
types like projectors or manifestors. But the one thing I can see between parents and kids, so if you're, if the parent is a generator, a manifesting generator, and their kids are one of the non-sacral types, sometimes this can be hard if you're not becoming aware of this or if you're not aware of what types you are because you might just be going and going and kind of pulling your kids with you or maybe over-scheduling them in activities or maybe when you go on vacation you do lots of different things and they're kind of getting worn out on the other end. And it can go the other way if you're a non-sacral type that's a parent and your kids are generators, manifesting generators. They need to like keep on going and going and you are sitting over there wanting to rest and kind of let go of some of that energy. So there's different things you can do for both. I think being aware is like the first step and sometimes you just need help either way. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's a very important I, I thing think it's super done. important too. If you're a non-sacral parent, you need to have help. You need to have help. You need to get yourself set up so that you have some sort of help, so that you have the downtime that you require, so that you're not doing the hard yards that we often talk about being required of being a parent. And I'm sorry to say this, but it's a fact. You know, that that is you will burn out if you don't have the help. So prepare yourself for burnout if you're not prepared to get the help. If you're not prepared to work out how you can get some support and don't judge yourself for needing it because i'm a generator and i need support (laughs) i mean i have a sacral exactly yeah and i would say the essential oil that i would pick for generators and manifesting generators is actually a blend probably talked about it before the breathe blend and it's because of cardamom and peppermint because generators manifesting generators get frustrated and the manifesting generators also get angry sometimes. Mm. And so like, especially so you're the parent and your kid is a projector and they're not helping with the yard work or what, I don't know. I don't know why we keep talking about yard work. (laughs) (laughs) They're not helping with something. You're getting frustrated. I mean, I have generator kids and I get frustrated and then we just get frustrated back and forth. So really kind of just like being that frustration in the bud and just kind of letting it go and realizing that you're doing something that you don't want to be doing is really helpful as you're interacting with the other types because no one wants to be around a frustrated, angry person either. No, they don't. (laughs) And just while we're on that too, ask a generator type a yes, no question. They will know what the answer is then. If they're using their sacral, they will be pulled towards it. Mm, That feels really good. Uh -uh. No, that does not feel really good. Listen back to our episode on the sounds of the sacral if you want to know more about that. And also breathe is known as easy air here in Australia. I'm not sure about the rest of the world. And it's the respiratory blend. Yeah? Yes. Yes, we call it respiratory. but (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, that's that's the Australian way. Well, (laughs) yes. Oh, and, and and another really beautiful oil, and I know I've talked about this before for manifesting generators, is in the same, and funnily enough, in the same vein as cedarwood, actually, is the arborvitae. And really that's kind of just for slowing down and taking the sharp edges off as well. I, I, I see these things as how my... This is how my design works. I see how what an oil can do for a person's energy. And for me, I see the arborvitae really just enveloping the manifesting generator's aura and 
shining it up, but at the same time, making it smoother and less edgy, if that makes sense. It probably doesn't make sense to anyone other than me, but I just think Arbor Vitae is a beautiful oil. It's a beautiful oil for anyone, but especially for manifesting generators. I also just want to make a little, just something that's come up for me recently. Be careful when you're doing people's charts if you don't know their exact time, because what can happen is the type can change. It can even change, it can change within minutes. So you might do a person's chart and not know what time they were born and you might do it for midday but if they were actually born at 6am they might be a different type now you might do the chart for midday and if they were born at 10 minutes to midday they might even be a different type it just depends on what movements were going on at that time so really do be aware that unless you actually have a very good idea of what time the person was born, there might be some variability because I think we can get very hung up and say, oh, that person's a projector when in actual fact they're a manifesting generator or vice versa. And, you know, those types are very, very different types. So just bear that in mind. Is that it? There was just one thing I wanted to bring up about essential oils because we've been looking at our listenership and finding that there's people from all over the world listening to us. So I just wanted to let you know that the essential oils that we talk about from doTERRA can be purchased through us from anywhere in the world. We can help you out no matter where you're from. There's a way to do it. So don't ever let that hold you back from getting in touch with us. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode. Hopefully it was helpful in your relating to other people and maybe even helping you to Work out who the people around you are if you don't have their human design charts. So thank you so much for listening to us. As Nani said, we both have essential oils businesses. We would both love to help you no matter where you are in the world. We can help you with an essential oils account with doTERRA. You can contact Nani on her website, which is humandesigntools.com. You can contact me on my website, which is findyournaturalgroove.com. We both have human design businesses as well, so you can see what we do there. And we look forward to chatting to you next time. Bye, Nani. Bye, Roz. Bye, everyone. Bye.